There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Tevin Pittman, Ralph David Basher, MD Hackmaster. And Andy Rampernard. Perfect. Tom is getting his steps in, but we'll kick things off and wait for him to get back. Ralph, how have you been? What Good. have you been up to? Yourself? Anything oh, new? Not much. Not much. You know, just talking to Mary Mack. Just that, that, she's a fascinating uh, person uh, with uh, diverse interests, certainly. Yeah, I could listen to her talk just based off of her accent yeah. oh, for yeah. as long as she wants to talk. It's like one of the most pleasant Minnesotan accents I've ever heard. Tim, have you ever seen Solar Opposites? No, I have not. What What is it? Is That's it Mary a... Mack's show. She's uh, oh, really? she's the lead, and it's a uh, Justin Roiland, who's um, the Rick and Morty guy. Now, she's allowed to do interviews for that because, uh, you know, with the SAG strike. I, apparently so then, right? She didn't talk about it a ton. She just talked about it a little, just said, you know, yeah, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's the whole thing with this strike. It's so... I mean, you got to be careful. I mean, you know, the you, you can have... Actors can go to conventions and sign autographs, but they can't do panels mm-hmm. to talk mm-hmm. about the show. I mean, it's just really, really crazy and stuff at this point. But no, she, no, I'd like to see it. I know she's done some other voice work for some other shows. Yeah, and I think she said that she was able to talk about it because it's an animated show. Oh, if that makes, that makes so sense. I think it makes well, a difference. Yeah. It's more, I don't want to see her get into trouble. <laughs> no, we're not trying to get her in any trouble whatsoever. No, no, no. Hey, only two words for me today, though, baby. Super Bowl! Super Bowl. Yeah, Vikings are on their way. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I did. I didn't catch one second of the game because um, it's on ESPN, right? Uh, Yeah, it was on ESPN, and I think ABC. Yeah, because ABC, I guess, doesn't have enough content. I believe is the reason they ended up putting the game on ABC because of that strike. They were running into some issues, so yeah, they put it on ABC as well. Yeah, and and the funny thing is, uh, I, I cut the cable, so or the cord, so I only have uh, my digital antenna, which does not pick up ABC. Or it doesn't? Well, no, it's weird. But you got to remember, Ralph, I'm in the sticks, so maybe <laughs> that has something to do with it. But you know what? Honestly, I haven't watched a lot of the Vikings this year, just because I kind of feel like I am the albatross around their neck. Every time I watch them, they really. Fumble the ball, so to speak. Well, it's, it's definitely <laughs> so maybe not it's you. it's a good thing that I avoided it last night. It's, it's definitely not you, because if you haven't watched much this year, they've still done a lot of fumbling. So yeah. it, it's, Did they do some fumbling last night oh, again? The first play of the game was an interception, or like second play of the game <sighs> for the Vikings was an interception. So. 
God. Well, they won. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, get you, get your room in Vegas now because you know, yeah, I'm sure they'll Bowl. be. Is that where the Super Bowl is going to be? Yes. Yep. This year? Wow. And it's and Las Vegas is going to be one of the regular rotations for the Super Bowl, so uh, it'll be like Miami, New Orleans, uh, Vegas. So when they're not in the new stadium that needs to be uh, showcased, they'll rotate through these stadiums. I think. So what you're saying is uh, Minnesota is forever out oops, of the no, uh, running since of the. Sub-zero temperatures when that, they had it here. There yeah. you go. No one wants to be in a stadium like that uh, or, or be outside the stadium when it's just bitter cold in February. But, yeah, they, you know, I think I think it should be in Vegas all the time because it has the rooms, has the added mm-hmm. uh, entertainment. You don't have to ship in hookers for everybody because they're all there. Ship in <laughs> hookers. You know, you bring, bring them over. <laughs> Bring them over from the east side to Lowe's. I see what's Lowe's. on Ralph's mind. Yeah, yeah. But that's what, but they do. There's a large number of uh, women who choose men, men. I'm certainly men too, who pro- prostitute themselves that choose to uh, come into a community for the for the event. I mean, it's it's a demand. Certainly, there's a demand there, just like for the drugs, for alcohol, and for everything else. And they 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 fly in, and there'll be a, a large contingent there mm-hmm. uh, for for sale, so to speak. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter to me where it's held. It's just that uh, I live to see the day where the Vikings actually get there and win. I'm, I'm not interested in them saying, "Oh, we were in another Super Bowl. They got to win this time, baby." Yeah, but again, I of course I was being facetious about this year's Super Bowl. But <clears throat> hey, man, it's pretty impressive. You you if you beat San Francisco. That's mm-hmm. pretty damn impressive. I will say that. I didn't see it coming at all, Timmy. I'll tell you that. I had no hope that they would beat San Francisco. Did you watch the game at I all? I did. Catherine, you know what's funny about that? I brought this up earlier because I was not going to watch the game because I was like, I don't want to watch the Vikings get slaughtered again. They were, what, two and four? Yeah. Going into yeah. the game. And I'm like, oh, God. Catherine says, no, we're watching the Viking game. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes, dear. If you say so. <laughs> if you say yeah. so. And she well, was I was right. telling everybody was right. my antenna didn't pick up ABC, so I cut the cord. Uh, I wasn't going to subscribe to ESPN Plus just to see the game, but or if they even have it on that. But um, I think it was on ESPN. I think, yeah, I think it was. I think it was. They, yeah, yeah. yeah. So too. I mean, and but the truth be told, and I was telling everybody just before you sat down, I, I haven't watched many of the games this mm-hmm. year. I just, just not into it. I mean, yes, I was following the progress. I was clicking in the nfl.com and when i went to bed i was asking alexa for updates on the score and that was about the only way <laughs> that was it and then i fell asleep and then when i woke up i forget what time in the morning early morning it was i asked alexa and i was quite confused i thought am i dreaming the vikings actually won but hey i'll take it it's fun I thought it was Get a great game. Just be competitive this year. That's all I want. Well, you know, Tevin nailed it, too. He said right at the beginning of the game, they got intercepted. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go again. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, yeah. So, but now they go to Lambeau next week, correct? Yep, which we, yes, should, we should be able to win that game. Yeah. 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 Just oh, gotta, that, you know. Yeah, the crowd's behind Nothing's us. a sure thing with the Vikings no. ever. Ever. No, no that's true. Except for they're going to break your heart at the end of the season, one way or the other. That yeah, you can well, count that, on. That is, there's the consistency <laughs> right there, isn't it? The oh, one and done sort of deal. It's been a while now. It's only been. But about I couldn't believe that Detroit got its ass kicked over the weekend. I know too. they got slaughtered too, didn't they? 
I kind of have a soft spot for Detroit because like us, they, well, they've never been in the Super Bowl. I mean, I I know they won national championships before the AFL and the NFL merged and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm for the underdogs and, uh, but uh, you know, and it's interesting how they put our two games against them as like the 15th and 17th game or something weird like that. That I don't know. I don't understand scheduling. Why yeah. you schedule them that close together? But maybe they anticipated uh, a battle for the title, and those two games are to make it you know more exciting. And it could end up being that way. I mean, certainly. Detroit showed it had some sort of weakness by getting its ass kicked the way yeah. they did. But yeah. Indeed. Yeah, well, with the scheduling, because they used to do it where they just kind of schedule all the games kind of more at random. And then at the end of the year, they were found that teams were sitting players because they were out of playoff contention or whatever else. They tried to put more division games at the end, so that way you still have to play your, all your good players and can't rest anybody going into the playoffs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say with that. I mean, and this whole idea of getting rest because your team has a bye. I mean, you're you're still you're taking them out of some sort of rhythm that mm-hmm. they have. Yeah, and I don't know if that's did the no did the Vikes did they have a bye last year last? Uh, nope, nope. I think the <coughs> last game of the season we might have sat some players because it was yeah. locked in. But yeah, we didn't definitely not a bye in the playoffs. We just got our asses mm-hmm. kicked by. <laughs> by the Giants, by the what one and six Giants? Yeah. I mean, talk about a team that's falling apart. So yeah, another year, another heartbreak, as Tommy says. Timmy, I got to ask you a couple of things. That I brought this up to Kristen uh, Burt this morning. That mm-hmm. new Frasier show was phenomenal. You know, I still have to check that you out. Still haven't I, you seen know, it. Oh. The truth of the matter is, is that I've always loved Kelsey Grammer. Love I think him. he's terrific. Love the guy. But truth be told, I mean, I wasn't a diehard Cheers fan. wasn't a diehard Frasier fan. So it's mm. not like I was waiting with bated breath for this reboot. Although whenever I watched it, I was really entertained. I mean, I kind of look at it now like, why, why didn't I? Why wasn't I into this as much? I don't know. I think also back then uh, during that, I, I solely concentrated on movies and just kind of never had time to really invest into a series. So I, I guess, what do you like about it this time around? I mean, what's different? Is there anything different or just the same thing? Which, again, I thought the original show and the spinoff, they were great. I just never watched them consistently. No, it's, it, it is a different show with different people on it. He's a, uh, you know, he kind of switched up his life and he constantly talks about Harvard and and it, he has a son that he battles all the time because his son's kind of <laughs> jealous of his fame because he's very wealthy and famous and all the rest of it. And Kelsey Grammer comes out at one point and goes, you know, one thing I must tell you is I'm very, very proud of of having graduated Harvard all those years ago. And I'm sure you, son, enjoyed your day there. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll, have, to, I'll have to tune into it. I it really, was very, very It's just funny. on my list. Again, there's so damn many streaming services, so many shows to watch, so many original movies to watch, and I have to recommend one. Uh, good. Bill Burr. Oh, it's just the funniest, and he's not afraid to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. And it's he is going, he, he's all in on offending everybody with his new movie, Old Dads, on Netflix. What's that all about? 
Um, he is a late to the game father. He's 51. He's got a five year old kid and a baby on the way. And as he gets his son into private preschool, and that's a, as sort of a way to get into a, get a good recommendation so he can get the kid into a private school after preschool, mm-hmm. you know, kindergarten, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, he's Bill Burr. He's, he's, kind, he's a caveman, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to speak his mind. He grew up rough and tumble, and now today everything is touchy-feely and don't offend everybody. So it's, it's about him and his two buddies. Uh, Bobby Cannavale is in it. I love Bokeem, him, too. Okeem Woodbine yep. is in it, and they kind of all have that same sort of antiquated deal going on. So it's about the people they're encountering uh, that, Again, it's a it's a touchy feely situation wherever they go. They sell their company to uh, uh, an owner uh, who instantly he he's thinking in the millennial um, what is that uh, what what is the name for Silicon Valley sort of mindset uh, kind of a cutthroat guy and and these are the guys that uh, were you know nose to the grindstone sort of people that appreciated their workers and. Right away, half of their workforce that they had got fired after they sold their business. So, yeah, it's just about them trying to make their way into this new world, which which is really, really entertaining stuff. No question. You know, just now I heard this boom and I went, God, what are they doing in the hall? It wasn't the hall. It was a thunderstorm that's going on right now. It is really? Really? Well, it's sunny I in mean, my neck of the woods. Well, yeah, look at that. Clouds are starting to come in. So, There's so yeah, your I mean, look, if, if you're offended by uh, stuff not being uh, politically, if, if you like politically incorrect stuff, you're going to mm. love this. But, I, you know, again, it kind of tackles the whole everybody is offended by everything sort of mindset that's is that going gonna, on. When is that going to stop? Every I'm a I victim. Know. I'm offended. I'm God. It's the white world oh. is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's, it's only horrible because you you're see in it. it. Then. You got to see it. I mean, and it's so funny because we become so conditioned by this that some of the things that normally I might've laughed at 10 years ago, it's like, whoa, well, man, he went there, you know? So mm-hmm. it kind of reminds you, it's a throwback. I mean, it really is a throwback to probably i don't know if the r-rated comedies were there any really big r-rated comedies in the 90s i mean because i'm thinking more 70s and 80s yeah yeah that's true but um, the 90s know. had american pie correct i mean that yeah that pushed it but how many films have really pushed it these days yeah not a lot and i mean i saw the preview um because the this movie came up in like my for you whatever on netflix and uh-huh. the preview it looks exactly like his stand-up they just made a movie about it. like it looks like it's going to be hilarious i'm very excited to watch it yeah well he not only uh um stars in it tevin he also co-wrote it and directed it okay so yeah that explains a lot then yeah yeah so exactly i mean because obviously yeah he, he they they gave him carte blanche on this movie i mean they said do your thing I, clearly netflix weren't they weren't afraid of that it might have been different if it were made by a studio, but Netflix, obviously, they're still trying to break their way in. They're still the uh, the odd person out, I guess. You know, and, and obviously, this whole streaming uh, situation and not paying residuals has, you know, met the ire of some actors. Although people seem to still be making uh, movies for them, don't they? 
Yeah, they do. What is that all? Why? I, Mary Mack, just in the studio uh, for the first, uh, or the, excuse me, for the last hour, and she was talking about some of the residuals from the, you know, doing cartoon voiceover. It's just not a lot of money in some of that. Well, it's, you know, <clears throat> with streaming, it's non-existent, and unfortunately, yeah. that's sort of the only avenue that is available to performers these days, you know, with whether it be voiceover or whether it be actors, because obviously in the broadcast system, it was a different deal when you're licensing your content to networks where that residual system was set up. But as we all know, network stuff is kind of going away. I mean, it's going mm -hmm. away. Um, cable has been weakened by streaming. So the Netflix of the world, the uh, Disney Pluses, the HBO Max slash Maxes of the world, they don't, they don't uh, play by those rules. And that's, why this, that's one of the big reasons the actors are still on strike, um, because there, is, there are no residuals. So, but they're not getting any advertising money either. So that's why they're resistant. Yeah, yeah. Although Netflix, I think they do have a pay tier right now. Um, so if you only have a, a service that you subscribe to, the, the, then that's the only revenue they have coming. I'm not defending the streamers. They should mm -hmm. be paying these. If you're replaying Breaking Bad and Aaron Paul says, I haven't received one cent from that, that's a problem. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe the problem should be whoever sold that content to Netflix should be paying the actors and the filmmakers or whoever. Um, so, yeah, so, the, you know, the, screen, the streamers are screaming, uh, hey, we're only making money from subscriptions. Right. We don't make ad money, and that's mm -hmm. why we don't pay residuals. And, well, you're going to have to change your model then, I guess. Yeah, the, you know, really no one speaks that the representation of the actors and the writers have let this pass. And have not introduced the fact that hey, we need to get some residuals from this. This should have happened five, ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. When when this started happening, when that, when these shows are going on uh, on the uh, streaming services, their representation didn't say anything. That they didn't negotiate a contract, or they just said, "Here, sign this contract." They, they didn't. It was a carte blanche for the studios. And I, you know, I. I think a lot of it, the actors, the actors don't necessarily know the ins and outs of this or can't anticipate the ins and outs of this. That's why you pay your representation. That's why you pay your 15% yeah. and 10% to your agent and your manager for those sort of things and your lawyer. I mean, they, they pay a lot of you pay a lot of money into those people's pockets for this sort of service, and they just didn't give it to them. Yeah, and, and that's why a lot of actors are suffering now because yeah. you're right. There are so many fees, you know, that pie that they get is divided up in so many different ways that they don't have the money for themselves anymore. But the other, other problem I think they're going to face here is that, you're right, 10 years ago, who would have ever seen this thing coming with streaming? So now um, they're not going to negotiate a, a, a lifetime contract because obviously things change. Imagine how much things will change after they finally strike a deal, and let's hope it's soon. It'll be for three years. Then they're going to go back to the bargaining table and something else is going to come up and they're going to want a piece of that or whatever. I mean, it's a really complicated situation. I think streaming has really, really changed the, the way the business has been run or runs now, I should say. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm glad I'm not an actor right now because I think a lot of them are suffering, man.
course it'd be no money coming in not working for over 100 days and whoo i don't know how big a strike fund they had uh, but you know yeah, well, we'll Clooney, Clooney came up with this idea, and I don't want to talk about too much because I didn't read into it too much, but they wanted to kick in some money, uh, like $150 million over three years <clears> to <throat> help, mm-hmm. you know, defray these, um, the residual costs for Netflix. But then Fran Drescher says, you know, that doesn't have any bearing on our, the contract that we're trying to deal with. I, you know, I have to look at a lot more into it. Whatever the case may be, the idea didn't fly. Why does she use her acting voice to do the negotiation? <laughs> okay, okay. Wait, give us like, send, send her and that'll shorten the negotiations. Exactly. Like this. You give me a deal. Yeah, we need a deal. Oh, God, can you imagine that? That would be hard to put up with. No question. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure you guys have talked with her. I mean, I interviewed her once in person. She came to the Mall of America back and Planet Hollywood was here. And it's oh, just yeah. always funny when you just know somebody for this. And ah, and then when you talk to them, they're ah, just a normal person, you know, just talking. Yeah, yeah, pretty wild. Is Planet yeah, Hollywood she, doing she's, anything she's anyway? Been a, you know, I think a lot of the lead. I think probably now you're going to get some membership, especially ones that aren't getting any money and they're probably restless. Mm-hmm. But she's really taken a hard line in this whole thing. And I know at first she's been, you know, widely praised or was widely praised for... Uh, her leadership of the guild but you know after a while again when when you're facing uh you know default on your mortgage and all that sort of stuff you just kind of leaning into more of a let's just get this damn deal done sort of thing but i don't know i guess any great new things coming up on television well actually on friday um there is a new netflix movie and again it it, uh, a attacks the opioid crisis, but in a much different way. It's called um, Pain Hustlers. And it's got Chris Evans and Emily Blunt in it, Andy Garcia. And it's about a startup. This is based on a true story startup that uh, the salespeople engaged in some shady tactics. And they said, hey, this is the way they do it in this industry where they pay doctors, quote unquote, speaker fees. Yeah. Uh, and it basically, that's a, it, it, they're bribing the doctors with cash to write the prescriptions, because once they start writing God. the prescriptions, uh, you know, then the money starts coming in. So I don't know how you feel about that, Ralph. It'll be interesting. Are you going to would well, you see that based on my short summary of the plot there? Well, I, I, I have a very difficult time whenever they try to pin the problem with fentanyl and the illegal use of fentanyl on the physicians. You know, all yeah. of the all of the uh, narcotic addicts in America are not a result of the pain pills that physicians prescribe. Right, right. Some are, some are, and there are some physicians that are really bad actors. And we have systems in place that should be able to censor those physicians so that they no longer prescribe. Because if, if you prescribe chronically to a patient, you get a notification, a notification via the. Uh, state board that says, hey, you know, this person's getting multiple prescriptions on multiple areas. You know, you need to know about this, and you can't, you, they should be able to take action, but they don't. They're spineless in this sort of thing. So there's not yeah. actions are taken against physicians who are chronically prescribing. And they know that it's in a database. They shouldn't be able to hit a button and say, hey, hey, Jim over here, he's prescribing, you know, 30 prescriptions or 50 prescriptions or 1,000 prescriptions every month for uh, uh, fentanyl, or not for fentanyl, but for uh, a Percocet or one of the other strong narcotics. Well, that guy should be talked to. 
or his yeah. license should be pulled. So you can't do that. Well, it's interesting. I talked with the director, uh, David Yates, yesterday mm -hmm. about the movie. And uh, he directed the Harry Potter movies, and he said, enough of the fantasy. I want to get into something more hard-hitting. Right. Yes, it is this drug. The, 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 the name of the company is based on is called Insys, I-N-S-Y-S. Hmm. Insys. And some people actually from that company did go to jail over this, okay. which is something you haven't seen a lot with. I don't think any of the Sacklers have done any time. No. They seem to... That's they true. seem to... They're not blaming he David Yates doesn't blame the individuals. He blames the system for allowing it. And they liken it, um, it like um, you're driving a car and you're going 67 in a 65. So you're breaking the law. But most likely, you know, since you're just a little bit out of bounds, nobody's going to raise a ruckus. But, yeah, it is a fentanyl laced uh, pain medication that they're peddling. So naturally, eventually, yes, people become addicted and, yeah. and, and people die. Uh, but I think this one really kind of pinpoints the people that are gaming the system from the sales mm -hmm. standpoint mm -hmm. and these schemes that they get into to sell this medication. And again, to whether they're cajoling doctors into doing it or whatever. So it's not so much an indictment of the doctors with this yeah. one. It's more of an indictment on the sales rep and the links that they will go to to sweeten deals if they uh, get doctors to sign on, you know, to these to, to writing these prescriptions. So, you know, it, it's it's a really interesting movie in a way. It kind of reminded me of the big short. If you've seen mm -hmm. that movie. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it's it's entertaining, but it's hard hitting. It's you know just done very creatively in that sort of way. Not as not as dour, I should say, and, and for right reason, dour, but as uh, dope sick or what was the one? There was another one on um, Netflix recently where Matthew Broderick played yes. the Sackler guy, yep. um, <laughs> you know, so it's, it, you know, it, it's sort of lighter up until the last act when, when the train goes off the rails. God, that's so amazing that though the Sackler family got away with selling billions of dollars of oh, drugs yeah. and not one of them went to jail. They had the cash. They had the cash. That's you know, exactly they, right. You know, if you have enough money, you know, there's, you know, you're too, too, you're too big to go to jail. Yeah, I well, mean, it's all money. Everything's money now. Everything. Well, so, in this case, I mean, Granted, this was a, a startup on the verge of bankruptcy, and, and obviously they got out of that once the sales started skyrocketing. But apparently the, the principles involved in this, kind of a spoiler, but since this is public knowledge, you can go read about it anywhere. There were people that actually went to jail in this particular instance. But, you know, when you're talking, the one that was most penalized was five years and would probably end up serving it in a country club. Is that real justice? Right, you know? right. So, I mean, even the sentences that are handed out, the very few of them are so lenient that, again, I, I guess the only way you feel any sort of satisfaction is to have Netflix or Hulu, in the case of Dopesick or whoever, call out these scumbags that are, mm. that are um, doing this stuff. And that, that's, that, so you get satisfaction from it. But, again, that doesn't mean... They're going to go to jail after this stuff airs. No, they'll just deny it or whatever and and just keep on going, living the life they've been living, you know? Yeah. Well, that reminds me, because Netflix did the documentary The Pharmacist a couple of mm. years ago that it was in New Orleans and a doctor was giving out, I believe it was Oxy, 
prescriptions, like to the, just to the highest bidder. And like a local yeah. pharmacist is, whose son had died from pain pills ended up mm -hmm. like doing research and figuring out that, yeah, this lady had like lines of people outside her office at midnight because she was essentially just a licensed drug dealer. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, but the, but the number of people who die from narcotics generally aren't from pills. They're from illegal that fentanyl usage. Mm -hmm. Illegal. Oh, yeah. Now, those people may have been led there uh, starting off with pills. But, you know, those statistics aren't really clear because, it, you know, narcotics are narcotics. Mm -hmm. and people, are, people are using a lot more heroin now with smoking heroin rather than injecting heroin. Mm. You know, that, that drug has come back, uh, you know, quite a bit. So you can get, you can get addicted to narcotics through a lot of uh, avenues. Yeah. And uh, the bad guys, you know, they love to get that fentanyl in there because that fentanyl is one of the best drugs to give you a buzz. It crosses the blood-brain barrier and gives you a nice high, um, and, but it's really short. <laughs> it's really short, so it's perfect for addiction, perfect mm -hmm. for addiction. So, and that's still all made pretty much in China, is it not? Yeah, China, uh, Mexico, it's a pretty, I guess, a pretty simple uh, drug to make or oh, manufacture. Okay. And that's the other thing. It's not an agricultural product like opium and heroin. It's all it synthetic. Is, it's a synthetic drug. So you just, you just get the chemicals and you just make the drug. That's how you got to do. Why would anyone, see, I, I grew up in, there were drug dealers in my neighborhood as a kid, never had any interest in doing that. None. I, I, and I don't know. You know what the draw is, because when I was a kid, I, don't either. You know, I, I I never saw the draw to that either. I, what I I really saw was the danger in using illicit drugs. You know, mm -hmm. I said you can't trust these people. Right. I don't care how I don't care how hippie they look. You know, I don't care if they're selling you that that marijuana. You have no idea what's on that marijuana. Mm -hmm. You have no idea whether they've sprayed yep. paraquat or any kind of an insecticide on that to get the bugs out, because they want the bud. Yeah, and if you have you, you, these, you can't trust people. You know, they would they would cut uh, heroin. Uh, people using IV heroin, they would cut it with ground up china. Yeah. Oh God! Ground, because it was this brilliant white color, it looked really good. So they would draw this stuff up. You'd inject this uh, china, and it goes into your lung, give you interstitial pneumonitis. I mean, it, it, it ruins your lungs. And you know, you hear about that sort of stuff, and I, you know, I just sort of sensed that whenever I was in grades or not grade school, but in junior high, when they started talking about this, I said, "Hey, I don't know if I want any parts of this." It's like when they showed you the lungs of somebody who'd been smoker; it was all there, all mm -hmm. black and solid. And I go, "Hey, you know, I don't know. That's pretty good evidence to me not to smoke." Yeah, or like it was always the meth before and after pictures for me. There you go. <laughs> Take the edge off. Yeah, yeah, that'll do the it. Faces of meth. Yeah. <laughs> yep. In a world that's racing a mile a minute, a split-second distraction can change everything. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw Bryant. Every day we see too many people, heads buried in their phones, unaware of the dangers they're in. Texting and driving isn't just reckless, it's playing Russian roulette with your life and the lives of others. In just four seconds of distraction, you've driven the length of a football field. Is there any text message that's worth your life, that's worth the lives of others? I've been fighting for the rights of the injured for over 30 years. I'd rather you never meet me in a courtroom. So hear me now. Stop texting and driving. Pay attention. Value your lives and the lives around you. And if you won't, know this. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we're relentless. We won't back down. We bring justice to those that need it. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open... 
it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabanco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Timmy had to go, Andy. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, oh. I thought so. Yeah, he dropped off. He had to go. He, he had another interview, probably. Or he does know. indeed. He has another duty to perform on Tuesday. So, well, I, you know, I wish, I wish we had a, uh, I, w- I wish I had an understanding as to why I did. You didn't use drugs or choose to use drugs. Nope. I didn't choose to use drugs. I didn't choose to approach that. And it, and it, and it, and it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't know why. Um, you know why? Why certain people choose it. Uh, and it maybe have to do with just the basic difference in individuals and how they respond to drugs. Some people, uh, when they when they drink, they get a euphoria, they feel good. Other people go to other people go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Well, if you just go to sleep, well, you can't drink too much because you're asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people with narc- uh, you know narcotics. Some people get sick. Other people get a euphoria, get a buzz out of it. And you know, it it, it may be just in that basic kind of thing, and that's why we have a problem with alcohol. That's why we're going to have a problem with psychedelics. That's why we're going to have a problem with marijuana. There's going to be people who are not physically necessarily addicted to it, but people are going to smoke a pack of marijuana cigarettes every single day when it becomes available. Or two pack? Oh, sure. That's a lot. Jesus. That's a lot of weed. People you'd be like Snoop Dogg. But yeah, I get what you're, I get what you're saying. Like There's the, it, like people get in. I feel like it kind of starts with you either get that early exposure of like a romanticization of mm-hmm. the drug, or yeah. you get the fear of it. Like if you see the meth before and after pictures, and you're like, oh, that's gross. I but have you, zero interest in meth. N- at, like or All any my associations hard drugs. with that meth but, are negative. But, it, but if you, the thing about the drugs is that. That we were on uh, legalization of marijuana. We're projecting the fact that, hey, someone wants to smoke, uh, some guy finishes up work mm-hmm. and he wants to have a couple of tokes in, the, in his garden or out even on the beach. To have yep. a couple of tokes, just relax a little bit, you know, take the edge off. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But there are, are going to be people who are going to smoke it chronically all oh, the time. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And, and, and we don't know, the problem is that we don't know how many people are going to do that. Yeah. And there's no way to, like, it's not like alcohol testing where they, yeah. if you get pulled over you can take a breathalyzer and right there on the spot like if you are high you still drive different you operate different out mm-hmm. in the everyday world but yeah like you're saying if it's you know end of the day and i'm going to take a little gummy because it helps yeah. me relax and go to bed go for it but yeah the people that like smoke and now i go about my day out mm-hmm. in public i'm like how do you do that i would be a mess i know it's, it's, like, fe- pe- it's like people who start drinking at 8 a.m Oh, it's yeah. like if I took well, a shot at 8 a.m. Let's not get hard. I, I don't know that. that. <laughs> that's, that's Settle down. I don't know that. You know, it's, that is an interesting point, though, Andy, because it's like when I was a kid, there were drugs all around. Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. had drugs. I had no interest in it. As a matter of fact, I started out just drinking beer when I was 11, and I drank beer through my teens and all the rest of it. Then when I got a little older and started making some money, I started drinking wine, but I was never even a whiskey guy. 
I had no interest in doing hard liquor, drugs, none of that stuff. A little beer and wine, that would do it, right? Yeah. It, it, I don't know. I, uh, we, have a, we have a horrific problem on our hands with regards to narcotics and everything, and I, and I wish I had. I wish I could come up with some idea of what kind of a solution you'd come up with. You know, we could do the China thing. You know, if you have drugs on you, they take you out in the street, extrajudicial, boom, shoot yeah. you. <laughs> what? That, that's what chi- China did. They, 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 and that's kind, that's like kind of what. recently? That, no, no, this was oh, years okay. ago. Was but the Philippines, that's what like they did in the Philippines. Philippines, yeah, they're doing that right now. The I Philippines, think. they do that. They go in and say, they suspect a, a bunch of people in the house have drugs, they kill them all. Yeah, if you're a drug dealer, you're dead. That's it. Really? Yep. yep. The, you got to get that going here. That'd be great. You have the option to turn yourself in. Right. And you, they, don't, they don't kill you. But if they catch you and you're you know, with illicit or illegal behavior, they kill you. It's mm-hmm. extrajudicial killings. Duterte, right? Yeah, Duarte. He was. He or was. And I don't know if they would have voted him out. I think they did. But you know, it's it's a it's a draconian solution, and it's not the. You can't do that. I mean, I, I'm not suggesting that you just can't do that. That's just not America. That's not you know a civilized society. But. That may be the only solution to this. It's just terrible. You got to do something about the demand. We've never done anything about the demand. Mm-hmm. There's your problem. Well, how do people get talked into that? Because you have no idea, as you've already pointed out, you have no idea what you're actually ingesting. Nope. No, that's no. why I would never take anything off the God, screen. God, no. You don't know if someone put a drop of fentanyl on there. If right. they did, no. you're dead. There's right. nothing you can do about but, it. Or, or they put not a drop. They put to me a thousandth of a drop. And then yep. you get to like that. You know, and if you... You smoke your, you know, you get some weed off the street and have a little fentanyl in that. Yep. You know, when you come down from your weed, you're not coming down just from the, you have, you feel a little sick, you feel a little rock, rocky, say, man, maybe if I, you know, have a couple more tokes, you, you, you'll, you get that narcotic high again and you, you don't come down from that. And it's, you know, my dad went through withdrawal twice, uh, narcotics withdrawal twice because of pain pills he took legitimately. Oh, yeah. And, and I just remember hearing about that. I go, oh. And he was he was bad sick for a couple of days when I was around one time. So. Yeah, and with not knowing like what people put in stuff, I remember there was yeah. a comedian friend of mine that lived out in L.A. and she was at this you know some party and they were all doing coke and it turned out that it was all laced with fentanyl. Yeah, and like kill you. like three people died. Yeah. She was in the hospital. Like yeah, so you never know Ooh. what people are putting in things you're taking. Mm-hmm. Then why would you do it? That's the whole right. thing. I'm like no, I'm not no. no. Well, it's a, Not uh, worth the risk. Maybe, well, maybe it's risky behavior. Maybe it's the excitement, the intense excitement mm-hmm. of this risky behavior that you're undertaking. I, I, I wish I understood. I, but I, how is it exciting to put your own life on the line? Well, why do people skydive? Yeah, why people do, do people fly time. helicopters? I why do, do they, people do all sorts of goofy? Why do people ice climb? Uh, why do people hang glide? I mean, yep. it's just there's a thrill to it, and it's a real risk. Yeah, absolutely. and a lot of people, too, are like, oh, I only do it when I'm drinking, or I'll get talked into it, like smoking cigarettes or something like that. So I feel like that also leads to when you're in that kind of party atmosphere, and then somebody mm. goes, oh, you want to do this bump of Coke or go do whatever, and you're just like, oh, want to ingest this it. line of mysterious powder? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Snort this ground yeah, up China. sounds good to me. Oh, man. I, I oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I feel I generally feel for people who are addicted and and how to get them off underneath that. You know, I lost a nephew uh, with fentanyl. He just sort of, uh, you know, killed himself in his car or he overdosed in his car, and just yep. that was that was the end of that. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. and it happens all the time. We've had we've had one uh, one of my staff members in the office. She lost a daughter over this sort of stuff, and it's like, man. No, people don't start doing that unless they have a reason to. Yeah. 
and usually that's you know they got problems in their life that they think you know if I can just numb myself a little bit then I can get through this. Yeah, but I I really is, do you really think that's most of the people? I think so. No, I think that's a good portion of it. Obviously, everybody's going to have their own reasons. You hear stories all the time too of people that like, oh, I got, I was thought I was going to smoke weed with somebody, and it turns out it was laced with. XYZ oh, drug. Yeah, and then or, you get physically addicted and you have no choice yeah. at that point, basically. Or people will be like, well, I used to drink all the time and I needed something that hit harder. I used to smoke weed, but I needed something, that, you know, so they're like always looking for that next level yeah. of a high. So, mm-hmm. the, okay, so, so, the, the, so you, we're going to buy into the fact that, oh, weed's the entry drug, you know, oh, or no, no, alcohol's no, no, that no, entry no, drug. I'm not saying anything like that, but the people that are always kind of like trying to seek so the addictive that personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I okay. think for yeah. a lot of people, gateway drugs are very real. Weed oh, yeah. and alcohol are the main ones. If you have like a very addictive personality, <laughs> you should never touch anything yeah. because it's yeah. just going to make you start spiraling. And I don't think that it's necessarily weed or alcohol that are like the direct, like because you drink now, you're going to try and smoke heroin. Mm-hmm. But I think because it's just the easiest to get right away. Like in high school, I could have probably have never found heroin or anything like that but it was not very, over in wisconsin no but it was very easy to get you know <clears throat> alcohol or weed if you wanted mm-hmm. and if you're somebody that was naturally pre uh what's like predisposed, predisposed yeah. to do drugs then yeah that's you're going to be your entry point for 99 percent of americans and then whoever wants to go on to harder stuff is going to choose to do that we'll find it yeah. find it but i but i think that heroin is around you used you, oh, didn't no, it was, no, you didn't and, look for it. You didn't look for it. And looking back, the, where I grew up was like the meth capital of Wisconsin. Like, yeah. there was, it was a small town called Nye, and it was like every third house was like a meth. You know? <laughs> it <laughs> was ridiculous. And, and you, know what, you know what? I was told when, when we, we, we had a home there, we uh, rented a home for a couple of months. You know what the, the Northern California uh, meth capital is? What's that? Napa. Really? Really? Napa. Napa. Napa that's they supposed to be got wine there. and they got meth. They got meth there. <laughs> okay. And drugs. Well, we, people come in there to vacation. Yeah. You know, they're going to have a little bit of wine and maybe they want a little, a little something extra. I didn't, I didn't realize that meth paired well with wine. But. Well, I, I don't know. That's what I, I was told. I, I was told huh. uh, either by law enforcement there or some, somebody else, oh, this is the meth capital of Northern California. Literally, all I know about meth is that it turns you into a toothless maniac. Yes. Like, I have zero. Most drugs, it's like there's some positive association culturally. It's like, you know, cocaine for high-powered businessmen. You know, mm-hmm. you want to do something for three days, take some cocaine. You know, heroin makes you feel good. Alcohol makes you feel good. Meth, I've got none of that. For me, meth is just, like, all bad. Yeah. Oh, well, meth makes you feel good. That's they, a, they but you I like euphoria. They get, it gives you a euphoria like there and no other. But That's when you watch reason. people on meth, they don't seem like they feel very good. Yeah, there's yeah. no like social campaign. Like right. back when they tried to make like cigarettes cool yep. or drinking cool. Like there's no like, hey, let's make meth fun. No. Meth is just, like, it meth doesn't look fun. fun. No. It doesn't look pleasant. It just <laughs> seems to be bad for everyone. Yes. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful. Someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. 
and tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. We have Joe on the phone. I knew you were going to call Joe Uh-oh. because you just celebrated an anniversary, brother. Yep. Yes, sir, I did. Three years sober yesterday. There you go. I said, we're going to be hearing from Joe on this one because he's three <laughs> years in, baby. Congratulations, Joe. Thank you very much. So what's happening on your end? Oh, not much. Um, GM, or the union just sent GM in Arlington, Texas out on strike. Jesus, is this ever going to end? Well, it depends on if we're going to if if they're going to stop get screwing us. Yeah, all we're really asking for is what we gave up in two thousand eight. Right, right. And you know, like Sean says, every time they say there's no more bullshit, they come back a couple of days later with a little more. So they've got more; they can give more. They just don't want to. But I don't understand what. Why do they want to do this to the auto industry? Seriously. Oh, it's not just us. Blue Cross Blue Shield up in Michigan yeah. on strike right now too. Yep, there's a lot and of people on strike. So is the uh, casinos up there? And I guess uh, I haven't heard anything about Vegas, but they're they were supposed to go on strike last week. Now people are sick of the corporations making all this money and screwing us. Now, if it wasn't for building your industry on our backs, you wouldn't have this multi-million dollar job. No, you're absolutely right. And I tell you, the other thing about that is you look now, and I never thought I'd, I'd say this, this is the first time I'll ever say it, and I don't know if I'll say it again, but now, because of the world the way it is, a billion dollars is not that much money anymore. You got to have two, 250 billion. I mean, a billion is still a lot of money. <laughs> I, I don't know it, if I yeah. can. Yeah, I, I mean, we take it. it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We take it. But for these big hitters, man, it doesn't mean shit to them. Well, yeah, oh, bi- yeah. a billionaire isn't like it used to be where it's no. like you got yeah. enough money to control the planet. Right. Well, think of it this way. Car prices have gone up since 2008. Auto workers' wages have not. Right, right. So for people to be blaming us for their car prices going up, they need to stop and actually stop listening to mainstream media and what they tell people because they always get it wrong. So uh, last week I listened to the news one night, and it was right after KTP went out on strike. They said that, the uh, auto workers have caused, or the strike has caused the economy five billion dollars in lost, you know, lost sales or whatever. Twelve hours later, it was up to eight billion. It's like, well, wait a minute. In a month, it took it took them a month to to lose five billion, but you lose twelve billion in eight hours or twelve hours. <laughs> How is that right? Yeah, how is that right? It's a good question. Do you guys see an end to this coming anytime soon? Or is this going to drag on for a long time? Yeah, it's going to keep going. Yeah, it's going to keep going until we finally crash. 
I mean, you know, to sit there in quarter after quarter after quarter, sit there and go, we made record profits, we made record profits. While we're in the, in the, on the front lines making those record profits to the people, and, and it's basically a kick in the teeth. God, it just amazes me, the world right now. Nobody's happy. Everybody's a victim. Everybody's on strike. Is anything going well right now? Hey, like I said, I've been sober for three years. Yeah, that's a good part. There you go. That is a good part. I haven't taken anti-nausea medication in five days. So, hey, there you go. You're you're over the line. My life's actually going pretty well. Now you sound like your old man. Yeah, aside from my not-so-good health other than that. Eh, what the hell are you going to do? I, I don't know. I, like I said, is anybody happy about anything? No. And I, or I, I want to say, like, because the people that are on strike, I mean, obviously they're not happy with their work situation, but it's also just, like, realizing that, like, oh, we have been getting taken advantage of mm-hmm. for so long. Yep. That is, like, we're not asking for well, something that's unreasonable. You're asking for something that is mm-hmm. that you're owed. Right. Have I? Kevin, the thing is, we've been asking for this for the past 12 years. God. Every t- every single time the contract comes up, we tell them what we want, and the old union, the old guys that were charged union, just said no and shoved this down your throat. It'd be a couple of times that plants in Michigan, the vote would be like something like fifty six against, and then suddenly it's well no, it's fifty six for. It's like well wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Well. That's why there's now a couple guys sitting in prison. Ooh. I suppose that's true. Well, Joe, enjoy your... What, so what, what are you going to do to celebrate this weekend, your your three years? I, I got a cold, man. I ain't doing nothing. All right. Well, that's not a bad... Well, keep calling in. Thanks, Joe. Yep. Have a good Take day, care. sir. Bye. Right. You too. Bye-bye. Joe calling in with three years of sobriety. He's done a hell of a job with that. Yeah, the cold's really mm-hmm. ripping through the uh, country. Everyone, I'm like the last person that I know to have it. Everybody else got it already? Well, Ethan got it, and then he gave it to Melissa, and now I got it. Yeah, there you go. Yep, that's how it goes. <laughs> that's how it goes. I'm, I'm glad fault. I didn't get it last week because oh, yeah. active surgery recovery plus a cold would oh, be yeah. pretty yeah, horrible. Yeah, you'd be in the hospital. I, yeah. I've seen that a couple <clears> times. <throat> yep. So, yeah, I... Yeah, I, yeah, there's a lot of hatred in the world. A lot of hatred. Why? Has what? Been, though. I'm glad you brought that up. Why does everyone hate everyone now? I, I don't know. I know. You know, there's there's there seems to be uh, a, a real resurgence of anti-Semitism. What, where is that um, from? Would you explain that to me? Not a clue. Not I don't not get a it. clue. You know, I I I, 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 I think it's. I think this is a 5,000-year-old problem. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. And for whatever reason, people view people that are Jewish. makes no sense to me that, you know, they may have had control of business and things like that, and the people viewed that they were being that That's kind of the sense I got from my family when the Jewish family moved in. They opened a store because none of the the, uh, uh, Goetia could make a store work. In their, Ooh, in, in, office. <laughs> in their in their uh, community, and they came in, and then they always thought that these people were taking advantage of them. Yeah, uh, no, they're they're giving you a business service for a store that you for and as a convenience, and they have to be paid. And they had there was a resentment to that, like they weren't really doing physical labor; they were just trading goods, and that's not. But the that's same. what you needed them to do. I know. I 
It's yeah, how stores right. work. Yeah, that's God. how stores work. But it's not physical labor. You're not working in the fields. You're not working in the mines. You're not, you know, at that time they had Coke ovens. They were making uh, uh, Coke with the old Coke ovens. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, this was brutal, backbreaking work. But these people were just like, you know, they, they, someone would come in here, they'd sell it to you, and then they'd make a profit. And, it, and I think there was an animosity to that. Be the skill set to be able to do that and use, uh, you know, to be paid for intellectual work rather than actual manual labor. Well, a lot of cultures have always traditionally looked down on merchants. In um, (laughs) Japan's caste society, (laughs) merchants were the lowest caste of people because they didn't actually produce anything. They just traded with other people. And and the the other group that has been subjugated are Armenians. Armenians were huge traders. And oh, they yeah. Been, they've they've mm-hmm. felt that same animosity. They've gone through a genocide. Years, I mean, so there's there's that piece to it. And and, and maybe it's just a natural part of human nature that, you know, you don't like those people. It's well, I mean, you can kind of understand it. If you spent your entire life, you know, killing yourself in the mines. Yeah. Well, and then some family comes in and they make ten times as much money as you not doing any physical labor at all, you're going to resent something, whether it's them or society or your boss or whatever. It's just the haves and have-nots. You'll you'll resent something. And if that is really the root of everything is you open stores and so now we hate you, that is the dumbest (laughs) reason to hate anybody I've ever heard I agree. And I could be a thousand percent wrong. And I, but I, I can't think of any other reason. Right. No, no I'm not saying I'm not saying you're wrong or anything like that. I'm just saying like because that probably does have something to do with it. Where you're, hey, you were just back in the day, a certain culture was smart enough to like, hey, we could just open this store and sell the stuff right. and make money. Like, right. So essentially, because everybody else didn't think of that idea, now we hate you. It's, yeah. it's, it's I think it's actually quite simple. Anti-Israel sentiment is you now have. One culture of light-skinned people fighting a culture of brown-skinned people. And a lot of people have been trained to think that brown equals good or light equals good. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Palestinians must be good because they're darker-skinned. Therefore, Israel is bad. Okay, I'm no. 100% certain. That's, that's, no, that's yeah. exactly what it is. That is exactly what because it is. even here, like, you'll hear, like, oh, yeah, it's just like the white man versus the black man. It's like, everybody calm down. Not at all. It's not. But that's how people have That's how people have been trained to think, though, is everything is about race. So we got the Israelis versus the Palestinians. Israelis look white. Therefore, it's about white people versus non-white people. You know, my future daughter-in-law is part black. Good for you. And she, well, not good for me. I mean, there's another cute story. Well, you finally uh, made some movement. Congratulations. And she does not want to lay in the sun to get her skin too dark because Mm. she's sensitive about having very dark skin. So she's come from a culture that, you know, and actually she's from El Salvador. So, Mm -hmm. So she comes from a culture that somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, Kind of suggested to her that a darker skin color is not as good as a lighter skin color. Isn't that I, amazing? Yeah. I can explain that one too. Dark skin means you're an outdoor laborer. Yeah. Light well, skin mm, means you oh, sit indoors all day and oh. you're rich. Yeah. And yeah. well, even in like the black community, I remember when I went to college, it was the first time I was really exposed to it, where you could get a room full of black people. And you'd get one that was like the you never wanted to be like the darkest person in the room or the lightest person in the room because like the everybody made fun of everybody and it'd be like oh you're eleven fifty nine dark and or you're like are you even black you're so light like so yeah even culturally in groups is you there's hatred and like debates on the color of your skin and it's all on skin color why well I mean think about how big of an industry the uh, 
tanning industry is. People going into tanning beds. Yeah, what, white people and what's the same that all thing? about? So why do white people want to be dark? Yep. This makes no. This is white one of people want to be darker. Bizarre. Dark people want to be whiter. Yep. That's yeah. just human nature. It's just human nature. And the best-looking guys are those guys from Nigeria who had almost blue skin. They are the other than the four of us. Oh, they, uh, they, they, those guys. I see them, and they are just. Oh, they, you see them on the runway. See the women on the runway, uh, the <laughs> men on the runway. But you see guys, some of the, the immigrants. Man, that skin color. I just absolutely. Oh, well, love. I have good news. Just chug some colloidal silver. Get some Argeria going. <laughs> no, you're not. Your skin boy. will become blue like a blueberry. But uh, that blue, it's uh, they, 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 they're so the melanin has yes. a blue tinge to it. It yep. is. Terrible. Well, first you get people. Argeria, and then you get a spray tan. <laughs> spray tan. There you go. Did you guys think? you'd ever see video of so many college level people saying the most obnoxious hateful things on earth yes you so you saw that coming absolutely for years but why do they want to i don't want to hate anybody i'd rather hate no one well, they're kids great. they're dumb in the, in the late yeah, 60s well, early 70s stupid. they hated the servicemen coming back yep. from vietnam yeah they did That's even though they were drafted students. and sent there the average college yep. student is what 20 years old 20 years mm -hmm. old young it's dumb yeah. They're stupid. Well, that's the problem with the world right now. The people, well, they don't even allow you to learn how to read or write anymore. Isn't that unbelievable? Our school system, they made, our, some of our public school people have said they don't need to learn how to read and write. It's like, what? It made, oh, that's. Yeah, they're not doing uh, standardized testing for reading or um, no. arithmetic in Oregon anymore, I nope. think. In that's Oregon, that's exactly where it started, in Oregon. Yep. What is the upside of that? Not a clue. They want to keep them stupid? I guess. I, well, you stupid, a stupid proletariat. You want that yep, proletariat? Exactly. Because then you can fester, uh, a fonder, fester, fonder, fertilize the hate. You can, mm. Foment? Ferment. Foment. 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 Or ferment. Or ferment, yes. The, the, that hate, so because if you're stupid, that hate getting people to hate things is very simple. That's yes, just, it is. Right. Very you, simple. You know what amazes me about that is when I was four years old, and I can't remember who gave it to me, one of our neighbors over at Spruce Place, there was a book that you would open. It was a children's book, and they would read it to you while you were reading it. And that's how I learned to read, because I would just say, oh, that's what they're saying. I mean, it was literally printed on the page, but there was somebody in the little book, mm -hmm. you know, obviously a little voice thing, that was reading it back to you. Mm. And I learned how to read by doing that for, I suppose, a year, year and a half. I mean, it's not that hard to learn how to read. Right, right. I don't really understand why they're so against people learning how to read. It's a good thing. Do any of you remember not being able to read? No. No. Nope. It's interesting because I do. I actually remember the day that I opened up a book and the words were words rather than just like glyphs. Oh, really? Yeah. So what had changed? Well, I mean, before you learn to read, you can like sound out the letters and everything. Yeah. But that's mm -hmm. not really reading so much. No. It's like a form of reading. But eventually your brain does this thing where if you look at a word, you can't not read it. Yeah. Like, have you ever noticed that? If you look at a collection of letters that form a word, it's impossible not to read it because mm -hmm. your brain just does it automatically. And I remember in first grade when that happened, I opened up a book and I was like, these are just like words that I'm reading now and I'm not even trying. This is like the coolest thing in the world. Right. Yeah. You're, you're like, Timmy, do you see this too? Like, do you see these words Timmy. on this book? <laughs> it literally, it was like, yeah, it was like, you know, yesterday I opened up this book and it's just a bunch of, you know, I gotta be like, you know, cat. Mm -hmm. But now it's just like, boom, it's cat. I know it instantly. I wonder if the people like, 
saying like, hey, it's okay if you don't know how to read or write is like stems from not wanting kids to feel different. I think that's a big like, part Where they're like, hey, okay, it's okay you that mean? you don't know how to read. Yeah. And, no, you know, it's not. Right, but they're well, like trying to like... Everyone feel bad. Yeah, you want everybody to feel the same. So yeah. you got to be like, hey, it's okay. Exactly. You know, some people learn on their own. You'll get it eventually. Well, we're raising a kid right now, and that's like the only thing you ever hear is, you know, oh, uh, whatever he's doing, that's fine. You know, if he's behind, if he's ahead, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Everything will work out. Yeah. Which I, I think to a degree, you know, don't stress about everything. But you also shouldn't be so blasé about your child's development. Because if they are far behind, then you should do something about it, I think. But it's like, oh, no, it's okay. You, you know, you got the skills of a two-year-old, even though they're four. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I think at that point, let's get the help that those children Absolutely. need. Yeah. That would be nice. Get the it? help that they need. But you're not really encouraged to because no, it's no. like every kid grows at the different rates. And, and but, I don't have a kid, but, like, I feel like as a parent, you naturally want to see your kid take like steps forward in their development. Like I watched my like little like <clears throat> nephew who's eight months old and he just crawls around. But I was like jokingly like holding him up like, let's see if we can teach you how to walk before mm -hmm. your parents get back today. So I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> like there should be like you as a parent, you would want to naturally see your kid develop yes. further and further. So like saying like, yeah. hey, it's okay that you don't know how to read. Well, like, why would you not want to? Teach them yeah, I mean, to a degree, them. it's like, you know, if your kid's not walking at eight months, that's fine. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If your kid's not walking at five, that's not fine. Right. Right. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a range where, you know, stops being <clears throat> acceptable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, like I said, maybe they should put those books back out because I didn't even know I was going to learn how to read by learning how to read. I had no yeah. idea that's what I was doing. Yeah. Well, they have essentially it was just like an early version of like an audio yeah. book. That's exactly yeah. what it was. And, and I just don't understand why we don't do that with math, with with there should be audio, but that while you're reading it, it should read along with you. Mm -hmm. Doing math, it should do math right along with you. Well, because there's that's how some kids learn. Like there's yeah. some people learn by doing it. Some people learn by just hearing it. Other people mm -hmm. like you know, oh, I have to visualize it. So yeah, you have to kind of touch everybody's hot buttons to teach different yeah. subjects. Everybody, I always learn by listening. I I always had I always yeah. had to go to class yep. because mm -hmm. me reading. I just was not efficient enough, so I, yeah. I had to go to class. And I'm the opposite. I'm a learn-by-doing kind of guy. Yes, yeah, I could too. listen to the top yeah. mind in the world tell me all about this subject. Next day, I would remember nothing. And that's, yep. and that's what I found is that the most stimulating thing for me is to learn by doing. Yes, absolutely. It, that's a real joy. Mm -hmm. And that, I get that in video games. Yeah, you know, definitely. You, in video games, you, you, yeah. you start a yep. video game. And you have no idea how the how things work, which buttons to press, what's not to press, what the strategy yep. is, how to. There's all sorts of problems to solve, which are part of learning how to actually play the game. And that, and I found that that's very. I do the same thing with gardening: is that the design, the understanding of how to do things, how to mm -hmm. order things, all those pieces are really, uh, I find very rewarding. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. All right, we got a couple of minutes left. Any closing comments? Oh, go out and learn. Go out and learn to stop. <laughs> and go stop, out and learn. And stop hating people so much. I, mm. Why they want to do that. I don't want to hate anybody. I really don't. But I've been accused of being racist and horrible. and a, I had no interest in any of that. Apparently, Tom Emmer has won the House of GOP vote hey, for Speaker. Did he really? I'm glad to hear that. Courtesy of Darren are we, Cotton. Are we supposed to be happy about that, or am I supposed well, to Well, he needs the, the House vote, apparently, still. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but I don't know who that is, either. He's very uh, middling. He's he, oh, well. Okay. He's one of the few Democrats that were serving in the House at the time that that said 
he agreed that with the with the Biden group that they did win the election. Yeah, and if if he gets voted, he's a Republican. In, yeah, and if he gets voted in and um, and everything like goes through as it sounds like it will, like I hope people give him the opportunity to screw up his job before they start hating him. Give him give them a legitimate reason to hate yes, him. Yes. Yes. Thank yeah. you. So Thank Andy, you, he Jeff. won. What did he What did he win? He was selected uh, by the House GOP for the role. Okay, so the House GOP all voted for him, so they don't have to take another vote. Uh, yeah, they have to. I think the Democrats need to sign off on it, basically. But if he's got enough votes, that doesn't matter, does it? I don't know the state of the House right now, actually. I don't know. I, I also don't know if it's a 51% kind of thing or, you know, 50% plus one. Well, I think it's 217 votes. Does it say how many he got? Uh, yeah, he must attempt to lock down 217 votes, it says. So they must still be voting? Uh, let's see. We can only hope and pray that we get somebody that has just some central sense. And that's there are and, 221 and, Republicans in the House, so theoretically speaking, the Republicans could shoo him in. So are they going to do it though? That is a good question. Uh, when's it? When is another vote? Uh, From what I saw, they said it was just happening at some point this morning. So I'd hope it's yeah, whenever they feel like now it. Whenever they feel like it. I don't really feel like voting yeah, right when they now. get back from lunch. Yeah. Uh, this ended up being a really, really good thing because Tom Emmer is a very even keel, pretty centrist guy. He's a Republican, yes, but he's a very centrist Republican, um, like a lot of Minnesotans are, actually. So I, I hope this is going to happen because he would be, it would be great for the state of Minnesota anyway, right, to have mm -hmm. somebody that powerful living in our state. Oh, yep. he's, a, he's a Minnesotan? Yep. yep. Uh, yes, he is. I Where's have, he from? He's from South Bend, Indiana. No, where's he in Minnesota? Oh, he represents uh, I Minnesota. Think Western, I think western western suburbs. That part, uh, District 19B, wherever that is. Does it say? <laughs> can anybody find out where District 19B is? Because that'll oh, be just good don't tell know. me it's YZ. Uh, yeah, if, if it's it YZ, I'm out. Oh, what's no, that? I, all should, about? I, sh I shouldn't oh, say anything oh, negative oh, about YZ. Oh, oh, I love oh. YZ. Wasika, Owatonna, Medford. Okay, so. I don't know where any of those are. So it's out west, isn't it? Uh, sure. Owatonna? I don't know. Where's Owatonna? I don't even I know like where that south. is. I feel like, is Owatonna south? Owatonna. Oh, I, didn't grow, says, I didn't grow up here. I, everything's north <laughs> Everything's north to me. I don't know where. Oh, it's due west of Rochester. West. That's what I oh, okay. oh, Due okay, west of Rochester. South, so south, it is a bit west, southwest. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right, so that's good. So we're going to find out today if he indeed is going to be the guy, right? Should. Yep. All right, hey. that is going to do. I thought it was a hell of a show today. Thank you again to Mary Mack. My oh, what God, a great, great to have talk to her. What a great, great, great mind, great comedian, great sweetheart. writer. I mean, sweetheart gifted. of a woman too. But yeah, all our guests today. Jim McMahon did a terrific job. I mean, you got Kristen Burt coming on. You got Timmy. You got everybody. So have a magnificent day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.